So Matt, we've been asked to tell people all about the new Autocar Electric podcast, brought to you in association with Audi e-tron. What can they expect to hear? Well, James, it's a new podcast from the world's leading motoring title where we'll look at every aspect of all electric driving. Will I learn more from Autocar's road test team about the newest and best electric cars and which are most fun to drive? You will. We'll also look under the metal, talking to designers and engineers from across the industry to find out more about what makes electric cars tick. But what about the bigger EV picture? Topics like charging and sustainability? Well, we'll be asking big questions of independent experts from right across the industry. And where can I find all this? It's easy. Just search your preferred podcast platform for Autocar Electric. Oh, and just one last question. Is there a charge for this plug? Oh, James. This is the Autocar Electric Podcast, brought to you in association with Audi. Welcome to the Autocar Podcast. I'm Matt Pryor, and I'm joined by James Diz Disdale, contributor. Well, are you seen a contributor writer or something? Uh, I think I'm just contributor. Contributor. I'm not are you? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And road test editor Matthew Stormy Saunders, and uh, road tester and Belgium's greatest export since Hercule Poirot, Ilya Verkrayet. Hello, uh, everybody. So, as we speak, we're in Wales, right, where we conduct Autocar's Britain's best driver's car and have done for 35 years. Well, not in Wales necessarily. Well, no, no, we no, certainly no, have. We certainly have been doing. I don't think it's quite thirty-five yet, is it? Is it not yet? Yeah. When, did we, when did we do thirty? That was. It's going to be next two, year? three years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so can't be long. Mm. And ten years ago, we added Britain's best affordable driver's car, uh, which we've just celebrated the anniversary for. Story mm. in the mag and uh, in other places. And uh, this year, who wants to tell me about it? Britain's best handling EV. Yes. Well, we thought it was about time. I think. Um, it's one of you know there there are a lot of electric cars um, on the market increasingly, and I think people are looking for the ones that are more interesting now. You know, there's not, there's a lot of interest, but not necessarily a lot of advice. You know, people don't necessarily take them as seriously as you know. People, I don't, I don't think people know how to take them. So, no, I think they see them as a range, a yeah. battery size, and a range, and it's a mo- mobility solution to use that horrible phrase that the automotive industry is hell-bent on using oh. a lot hmm. um, but I think they've also cottoned on to the fact there's going to be people who enjoy driving who are going to want to continue enjoying driving when they might not have the option to use an internal combustion engine yeah and a lot but they've got they've got cars to sell and they've got to sell them by making them appealing right yes shall I run through the list of what we had there do Ford Mustang Mach-E GT uh, an electric mini a mini electric I think they call it Volkswagen ID4 GT X Yes. Thanks. Mazda MX-30, Fiat 500. I'm never quite sure what they call the Fiat 500, whether they call it the 500 electric. I dedicated about a paragraph uh, to this <laughs> in the re- in the road test because they are very confusing, but it is basically just the Fiat 500. It's the Fiat 500. And if you want to be specific, you can call it the Fiat 500 electric. And have they changed the name of the old Fiat 500? No. So they just no, the Fiat 500, 500 is a hybrid, even though it's just a oh, hybrid. of course it is. Yeah. And it's a completely different car, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the Tesla Model 3, uh, the Cupra Born, the, uh, the um, Audi e-tron GT. So that's actually RS. the RS, an RS e-tron GT. Yes. yes. So forgive the noise in the background. We are at a hotel in the middle of Wales and somebody is running a tap somewhere else outrageously. So we're going to shut the bathroom door. That's made no difference at all, has it? No. <laughs> None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Uh, Kia EV6 GT, uh, BMW i4... What do we have? The M50? 
no, we had uh, a 40, the 40 E drive. Yeah, the purest choice, mate. The purest choice. And a Porsche Taycan GTS Sport. Sports Turismo. Sports Turismo. Yeah. GTS wagon. Now, is it a spoiler to say that that's the finishing order in reverse in ascending order? It is now. It is now. Well, there you go. That's the that's the ascending order. Yeah. Well, what do we think? Questions. Who's got so? People are going to be skeptical. Skeptical. I can say. Do you think they are? I think so. I think there are a lot of enthusiasts. Who associate enjoyment of driving with an internal combustion engine? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll admit, I was probably one of those. And so, are you still? No, I don't think so. I won't pretend that you're going to miss an internal combustion engine, mm. but I think there was quite a few contenders in that lineup that did some stuff mm. that was really, I mean, really the point good. Is that is too. It's a dangerous assumption, isn't it? For us all to sit here and go, oh, the battle's over and lost, you know, the electric car's never going to be interesting, there's no point in developing it in that direction because enthusiasts are just going to buy combustion engine cars until they die and then they're all going to just give up, right? I mean, that's that's no world that any of us want to live in. So mm. I think we've a sort of a duty to root out the electric cars that serve us better than others, yeah. find what's good about them, praise it in the hope that that will breed, you know, kind of wider adoption of interest in technologies and these things and, and just, just drive the improvement of the of the technology, yeah. I think. And I thought what was what was really good about this lineup is that it's not just balls out, high performance, big numbers cars. Mm. There was some really interesting Well handling day proper, as we know, has always been about money no object. Yeah. But the affordable one was was sort of fun for your whatever, fun for your money. And I think that's the that's the departure point for the electric one as well because it's just a more in- slightly more interesting equation when you balance it against okay how much fun am I having for my eighty thousand pounds compared with what my friend over the road might be having for thirty five um, and am I really getting the marginal you know return on my investment and you know are expensive EVs powerful EVs faster EVs necessarily more fun than hmm. smaller cheap ones yeah. I, I find where EVs really come into their own as drivers' cars is at this point not so much in the higher order where they might be replacing a, a properly nice engine, but in like fairly ordinary cars where they would be replacing a very ordinary engine which doesn't inspire that much joy anyway. And I'm a huge fan of the Fiat 500 electric because normally in a city car like that you'd have a, a very asthmatic little engine that you'd have to rev all the time whereas now with the Fiat 500 electric you've just got instant power and you can keep it pinned everywhere and I think in our test um, it, it was at a slight disadvantage because it was on a track where maybe some of the more powerful stuff did better but mm-hmm. on a kind of tight B road it's tiny, you can keep the throttle pin all the time. Mm. I loved it. Yeah, this is something similar about, I mean, it wasn't in the test, but when we, we had an e, a Citroen EC4 on a different test not so long ago, and, and this had something very, um, you know, clear-eyed and, and expert. He looks surprised oh, at the yeah. suggestion, yeah. the mere yeah. suggestion. That, that must have been the person I get to write my copy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a, a, a sort of a classic 70s Citroen... GS or something, you know, the, the thing that Citroen have always been crap at is engines, really. Mm. 
um, and they've always created this sort of enigma from their very Gallic, you know, fluent um, ride and handling. Mm. And the the EC4 sort of does all that stuff, but it takes the shit engine out, excuse my French, of the equation, <laughs> and gives you an electric motor, which just allows you sort of instant access to all the good stuff. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it isn't, it isn't perfectly, you know, characterful and, you know, all the things people... All those well-worn cliches. But in a car like motors. that, and I know we're talking about it, and it wasn't in the test, yeah. which is kind of yeah, yeah. odds with what we're doing. What we're doing? But it accentuates all the good bits about that car- car's character. Yeah. You don't think about the engine anymore. Mm. You just enjoy the, like say, the fluent ride and the, the refinement, uh, which was, which is really cool. And and it sort of reminds me, thinking of those cars. What surprised me the most, I think, was, I think there was a. A view that you know everyone was just going to do a skateboard, skateboard, skateboard platform, weren't they? Mm. Engine in the back, batteries in the bottom, and they're all going to drive the same. It's all about the styling. And actually, I thought those cars we had had very distinct characters. Yeah, mm. and I I quite enjoyed that. It made me think actually, there's there's more to it than just the engine. That is a very good point because we've become used since the introduction of the first Mini to transverse engine front wheel drive because that's the most compact packaging, sensible, cheapest thing that you would do. So that's what hatchbacks are all based on, you know, really. So when we do affordable driver's car, it's really unusual to find something with rear-wheel drive, you know, yeah, you know front engine, rear-wheel drive, whatever, or rear engine, whatever. But actually with an EV, you're right, you could, because you because it's a more f- flexible, not in the, you know, wobbly sense, in the, in the you can put the motor wherever you want. Yeah. You can do whatever you like with it. But even even cars that were ostensibly similar, and I'm thinking of the ID4 GTX mm-hmm. and the Cupra Born, mm. effectively the same car. Obviously, yeah. the ID4 had two motors, Cupra Born had just the one. They were quite different to drive, and one was quite good to drive, and one was not quite so good <laughs> to drive. That was my observation in the little box out about the ID4X. Is that the Cupra really showed its deficiencies in I thought in a lot of ways it felt like the Cupra but fatter, heavier, bigger and not as much fun. Yeah. And I thought that that, that was a good example. I think I think we all felt that that Cupra the scoring system doesn't lie, mm. but that Cupra could have finished higher up. And I think that's another interesting yeah. fact. We, the car that won was exceptionally good, mm-hmm. but it was a hundred and <clears throat> something pound, mm. thousand pound Porsche. Yeah. And it was exceptionally good. But they don't all have to be No, expensive. there were some pretty simple things holding back some of those cars. If you could have sorted out the you know, a better traction control system in that Cupra, mm. a properly switchable one that had a proper a proper sport mode could have put that car in the top two or three easily. Mm. Um, the same possibly about the Tesla which was you know I think but for a really oddly restrictive traction control system that car would have done so much better and those are easy things to fix so it's not that the technology is holding the car back there it's got the potential just almost wants finishing yeah Yeah. Um, I think yeah those cars prove that there's there's no sort of fundamental reason why why we can't be driving really good interesting you know sort of enthusiast cars that are electric um equally that you can go if you find other examples cars we didn't have there one of the things that bugs me about electric cars sometimes is because they have these skateboard chassis what happens is 
and this happened with a, a Nissan Aria I tested recently, you feel like the whole of the rest of the car has been displaced by the battery under the floor. And in, it's a particular problem in, in high riding cars because you're sitting high up anyway. But the battery sort of lowers the centre of gravity at the same time as diverting you further above it. So you have this weird sensation that you're, you're like driving a double-decker from, from the top deck. And you're more aware of all the body roll. Mm. Um, and it's just... They try to make a virtue out of the, out of the low C of G, but actually it's a, somehow it's a problem for some of these cars. They haven't sort of sussed that out yet, I don't think. Because you're not sitting at the point of roll, it's the roll centre. You're sitting yeah. above the roll centre, even yeah. though the roll centre is quite low. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as a virtue, it's quite low, but you're not... Yeah, it pushes the C of G towards the roll axis, which creates yeah. a, a sort of a dynamic problem in, in itself, and then it pushes you upwards hmm. so that you feel the, the body roll that much more because... You know, because you you know you're sitting higher in the car. Yeah. So it's a sort of a double-edged problem, really. Um, and all we hear is, oh, the batteries push the CG really low, and that's really good. Full mm. stop. Mm. But actually, it it can be the opposite. If if you know they don't do it cleverly, it can be. I think it can be a problem. And there are electric cars that prove that. Maybe the ID four was, perhaps maybe that's why it struggled a bit because you just you have it. Is some of that due to the fact that they're still obsessed with the SUV? body as well. I'm trying to think of how many were SUV. Sat is quite high. Uh, well, one, two, three. Yeah. Yes, a few, really. It depends yeah. how you look at it as well, you know, because they're sort of crossover, you know, mm. is, the must, yeah. is the Mustang Mark here an SUV? Probably. Probably. Mm. Yes. I mean, they, yes. Definitely. And likewise, the ID4 is kind of, a, you know, it's yeah. a taller ID3, isn't it? Really? And even the, the Kia. <clears throat> even the Kia EV6 is, yeah. yes, is as and well. And that, really, so. that in extremis had that feel of you mm. sitting on top of it rather yeah, than I think in it's it. a problem and it's yeah. only really the the taycan that's addressed it i think so far you know i remember these foot garages that were talked about when that car came out it's all about allowing the occupants of the car to share the sort of basement level with the batteries and mm. f- filling the filling the space around the occupants with the batteries rather than just going battery layer cabin layer and then just wearing trying to deal with the con- consequences which yeah. is very hard to do i think is that a reflection of the maturity or lack thereof of the technology, do you think? I think it could be. Uh, there's Not the technology, but the packaging. Uh, okay, I, I was thinking of the technology and the tuning because I think I mentioned this in the, in the article at the time. I, we're still early days, really, aren't we, in terms of tuning these things and how yeah. they're going to work. And, and it's going slightly off that C of G thing, but it's... Uh, reminded me about how they behave and this was track based extreme action but particularly the twin engined models if we were doing shall we say childish stuff for the camera yeah they wouldn't do the same thing twice mm. through a through a corner yeah that key particularly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and talking of surprises i mean that was Quite surprising, wasn't it? <laughs> what when you come back on the throttle in the Kia, yeah, yeah. halfway around a corner, yeah. and it goes, yeah. Well, the nice, the nice thing is when you talk to engineers, they go, well, the, the great thing is, is that the is that the response time of an electric motor and how you can tune, how you can tune an ESC system, is much more quick because internal combustion engines take a while to respond, and so does the transmission, and blah blah blah. But with an EV, you can just switch things on and off very quickly, you know. But they just the the default mode seems to be right if you want a bit of fun mid corner in some of these cars not all of them some of these cars let's stick all the power to the outside rear wheel yeah 
and it will bung it sideways. Yeah. And that would be a laugh. And what was it? And, you know, it, it, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you've hit a diesel spill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I may have used that phrase, yeah, because it, it went round like a shopping trolley, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, those, like those little plastic. You can get these plastic covers for rear wheels, can't yes. you, for drift practicing. All yeah. the old McDonald's trays underneath a, a front, the rear wheels of a front-wheel drive hatchback. Yeah, they just sudden, suddenly go sideways. Go, Whoa, crikey, where did that come from? Which is a giggle if it's done well. Yeah. But... Yeah, when you you know when you if you give a car like that with nearly six hundred horsepower a load of grunt you know on the apex of a tight corner, there's only one or two things going to happen. You know, <laughs> going to understeer yeah. or oversteer, or yeah. nothing's going to happen because the electric goes don't be ridiculous. Mm. I mean, I don't know whether the, well, actually what the Mustang GT did was worse because I think it was more prevalent. You could be trying to be driving that car completely normally, and it would it would just you know half around the corner it would just chuck a load of torque at the outside rear wheel because mm. I don't know what well I'm not sorry go on I'd say that mach was worse because to me that was the the epitome of a car that wouldn't do the same thing twice mm. sometimes it would oversteer beautifully sometimes it would just not do anything at all uh, and I, I quite appreciate the EV6 in how extreme it is and how um, enthusiastically it tries to entertain entertain you and sure the drift mode is definitely a bit over the top and it's very good that they hide it behind sort of <laughs> video game cheat code style thing so you definitely don't engage it on the road which you mm. definitely should not do but generally even if you just leave everything on I found that was slightly more transparent than the Mustang certainly and, and I enjoyed how keen to engage it was more than the Taycan. Yeah. They definitely me. go into lengths to try and find this this mystique, aren't they? Trying to, to try and perhaps compensate for certain things which yeah. might not be in electric cars. Then mm-hmm. sort of they seem to be going to quite extraordinary lengths to put this driver appeal back in. Yeah. yeah. In it with the opportunities that they've got, which it, which inevitably are limited. Yeah. Um how do you think that they are attempting to put the character of their brand back into, not back into, to retain the character of the brand mm. in their car? I'm thinking of the mach in particular, because Fords, particularly Fords of Europe, have this little trademark thing they do, you know, that they're very proud of in the fast models, particularly when you turn in, you lift off, it feels like it's pivoting around its middle and the front end tucks in and I'm making these sort of movements that is of no use to anybody listening. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, we, the, the steering straightens and the back wheels come round and it's You're steering at the back very and the front. Well, well thanks very much. I do try that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes, yeah. Yeah. You know, and they are trying to put, presumably, my guess is they're trying to put that back into the Mackie by going, yeah, if you turn in and then you lift off and you come back on the throttle, this is, you know, this is the kind of response. But even get. that isn't the same, is it? Even that isn't right. Because the thing is too heavy and too high to actually tuck when you lift the throttle. Mm. It only rotates when you actually get on the gas. Yeah. And then it can, it's got torque to vector. Until it's yeah. got torque to vector, it's useless. It's not doing it. It's yeah. powerless. Yeah. I, I find that sort of stuff, even in the regular petrol Focus ST and Fiesta ST, for me that is a bit over the top and I mm. don't enjoy it massively. And when you get the extra complication of the Mackie GT, it... it yeah, it doesn't work. I don't for think me. you're allowed to say that as a Belgian, mate. I think yeah. you have to. You have yeah. to say. Yeah, I mean that's the home of yeah. Rommel Tester and yeah. Track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but in terms of brand, I think the opposite is quite interesting as well, because Kia, before the EV6, didn't really 
wasn't really a brand that was known for performance cars, but mm. suddenly it's kind of gone to the top of the top of the pile That's as an enjoyable EV because even the regular rear-wheel drive basic EV6 is, as EVs go, is really enjoyable. Mm. So it's I wonder nice. if if we're going to see more brands kind of use this as an opportunity to build a brand in a different way, whether it's, it's sportiness easy. or something else. It's probably no coincidence that the bloke who did the last Focus RS torque vectoring thing, oh, yeah. what he did, Mr. Tyrone Johnson, what he did next was become the, you know, um, it, he became the sort of high-end IKEA dynamics. Mm. Oh, very good point. Uh, uh, so, I mean, he could well have gone, oh, well, you won't believe what I did in my last <laughs> <one."> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a lot of what have it, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's interesting because there are also some cars there that I felt were imbued with the characteristics of their traditional ICEs. My next question, mate. Oh, thank you. Go on. The Porsche. Yeah. Mm. I think if you were to cover your eyes and have someone stick their fingers in your ears, mm -hmm. you can do it yourself if you wanted. But that's yeah. very yeah. complicated. Yeah. Hold the wheel at the same time. How many yeah. people are yeah. in this car? I mean, it, it would be incredibly <laughs> dangerous, but the feedback you get through the remaining senses would, mm. for me, scream Porsche. Yeah, felt yeah, yeah, yeah. As, an, as an aside, as a very brief aside, we do have a risk assessment to cover a blindfold driving. <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me about that before I tried it. No, 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 but seriously, it was, it was done once before. Can you tell what this car is like if you are blindfolded and put in it? <clears throat> Long time ago, but there is a risk assessment. While driving. On the server. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So anyway, but go on. So we'll, anyway, we'll, maybe we'll do that again, actually. I, I would, I'd love to do that again. But especially in an EV. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it uh, feels like a Porsche. BMW. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the BMW was so much better for keeping it simple because mm. it didn't have two motors it only had one and yeah. it, it was the most I'm going to do air quotes now for the benefit of listeners natural feeling yeah, great. it felt like you expect a grunty rear wheel drive yeah. not M spec BMW to feel mm. uh, and for me also and I don't it was the Mazda I thought the Mazda felt like a Mazda it had the control weights you expect from a Mazda mm. it had the sort of body control you expect from a Mazda it was it was a nice thing to drive it wasn't necessarily a visceral no it's very hair slick. on fire very sort mm. of yeah very consistent I agree. and it, it felt like a Mazda and yeah. I thought that was really cleverly done as I did with the Porsche as I did with the BMW mm. um, so it's interesting they can they they can do it mm. and as Ilya says but it also presents opportunities for companies that don't have that reputation to go hey look this new technology allows us to suddenly make you be pointing in the wrong direction <laughs> going how did that happen <laughs> <laughs> and the audi rs feels like an rs yeah it feels like a fast audi doesn't it mm. it does yeah exactly what you expect a fast audi to do and what's it, even more sort of in, impressive if that's the right word Taycan and e-tron are very closely related mm very closely related, yeah. and yet they both feel like yeah. their makers proves the point entirely, right, doesn't it? Yeah, they are, there is so much. They are, they are they are so differently tuned those cars, and it, it affects them so clearly. Um, I think, yeah, I think you get right. I think the Porsche feels like a Porsche, and I would know that whether it had yeah. a flat six in it or not. And and the Audi, yeah, it feels like a like a proper kind of you know auto barnstorming. You know, mm. any weather you like, any day of the year. It's that sort of car. Mm. It was monumentally rapid, but point and squirt mm. rapid. But the I, Porsche gave you options. I've driven one on the ice not so long ago, earlier this year. I, they had, I went to a thing in um, 
Arya or somewhere, you know, RG Plog, and they had um, e-tron, three motor e-trons and RS e-tron GTs on a frozen lake, and uh, they do. They will do skids. Yeah. <laughs> they do a lot, but they, they sort of spend a lot of time on all that, all that winter test yeah. stuff, all the ice that matters. It's, it's so important for their brand. Um, and I always think, well, we we always test these things in our in our little world. You know, we always we'll go to a circuit somewhere and we'll do what we do, and it's nothing like a lot of the time that they spend developing their cars. It, you know, mm-hmm. it it really isn't. It doesn't sort of encapsulate or do justice to what they do to make their cars Audis. Um, and you know whether we personally like them or not, whether we think that would make them exciting to your average interested driver is kind of it's a question in its own right. But I, I sort of think it, you know it, you sort of have to go out of your way. I think out of your way, certainly in the UK, to find what a fast Audi does really well. And yeah. mm. I'm sure that car does it. Mm. And uh, well, it uh, it does. Like you say, we were testing it in a very not a narrow set of circumstances, but to live with if you wanted to go very fast very comfortably and very securely mm. yeah it was perfect at that yeah. and it was it was really good and it did do some some silly stuff mm. but all the tech is the same as a Taycan and the Taycan would you know have got that sort of Porsche typical balance and, and that sort of you know it, it just it, it feels like a Porsche and you would think well how can that possibly how can there be so much difference because all the hardware must be exactly the same mm. it's ever so weird yeah and it's worth saying while we talk about the track stuff we were on circuit, but it's not a track test per se, is it? It's a handling test. Mm, so yes. the corners are what's important rather yeah. than going, stopping, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We didn't sell that times, did we? we didn't. No. No, 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 no. But that said, it is worth contemplating. One of the one of the differences between them, I think is fair to say, is the is how well, or otherwise, they break. Ah, mm. yes. Which I found more than you three, I think, uh, to be the main detractor of the Porsche Taycan. I, mm-hmm. You all put it first, but I, I just can't get over the, the brakes on the Taycan because they, when you, they're fine if you just get on the brakes very hard for like an emergency stop, but if you're somewhere in between hard braking, they just feel like there's nothing there. You've got massive brake fade and then suddenly you press a bit harder and it does still stop. Mm-hmm. but. It doesn't give me confidence at all, and the others, some of the others, show that you can do brakes much better than that, yeah. uh, or brake feel much better than that in an EV. Um, I mean, I, I felt personally that they were all lacking something in braking, and that's what surprised me. It was the one dynamic element of a car mm. that was the most. It, it must be the most difficult for them to tune because they're going between regions. Well, it's got to be, isn't it? Because you want to get as much out of the regen as you yeah. possibly can, yeah. which means you want to turn that motor into a generator as as as, as much mm. as possible. But then you also want the security of the an actual set of discs that will yeah. stop yeah. you, and that blend. And maybe that's why the, the Taycan is unsettling: is that because it will do so much with the motor, its tri- motor generator, it's trying. You know, it will get a lot because it's got a lot of power. It's got the ability to get a lot of deceleration out of it. Mm. But then at some point, the discs have got to go. Yeah, I'll chip in. Yeah. And it's that transition. It's hard, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't envy them at all. I mean, mm. my brain is nowhere near big yeah. enough to. to and it's that one of the problem. reasons why I think you see a default with performance EVs to these twin motor setups because you need a motor at the front wheels to get the sort of regen control mm. that makes all that possible. If you only got a rear wheel drive EV, you haven't. You're not. You're not able to sort of control the regen at the, at the axle where it 
where it is, you know, where where it has any effect. Yeah. Um, because so, you lighten the load on the rear under braking yeah, and it's exactly. not doing as much. Yeah, you know, the rear don't the rears can't do anything to slow to slow the car yeah. down really. So, mm. um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of like you. I I think the the brake pedal is the problem, still the problem for the electric car, and it was ten years ago. Um, and there have been experiments in sort of paddles and regen settings, but I still don't feel like any car has really done that exceptionally well. Mm. I mean, I, I well, don't know. I don't know about you guys, but. Did did you miss the internal combustion engine when we were testing? Because I personally, surprisingly, I didn't. Very quickly, you weren't thinking about what was pushing you along, but the braking yeah. did. Every time you hit the brakes, mm. they do something a little bit different. Each car would do something a little bit different that wasn't optimal, uh, which you don't get. You know, today we've been doing, as you've alluded to, yeah, Britain's best driver's car, and there are cars there that have just got fantastic brakes, and you don't even think about it other than they are exceptional yeah. brakes. And I don't know, you mentioned something really interesting about the fact there's no, because you're not going down through gears, mm. it also makes it difficult to pick off your braking point, yeah. and then you get that difference between regen and yeah. friction. Well, you, I don't think you, you'll never quite get that equivalence, will you? But there are some cars that try and give you like three or four stages of regen that you. Uh, it would make it feel like you were coming down the box for a for a tight corner. Or, um, I don't see there's any. Would you actually do that mm. if they have paddles to adjust the regen, adjust them on the flight through your braking, like you would with a? I think I would. Not on track, car. but on the road, yeah. yeah. Where um, the where it's a little yeah. bit lesser. You know, you're you're yeah. you're light, you're braking much more lightly. Mm. I do. I must say, in cars whenever where I they have it, I do quite like. Whenever I hit the brake pedal on EV, I feel like I'm wa- I'm losing energy. I feel yeah. like this is energy I should either be, you know, conserving some momentum or it's, yeah, it's regen that should be going into the battery. Yeah. And if, well, if I'm on the pedal, that means I'm basically using the friction brakes, which means I'm burning energy. Not really, because that's where the strange feeling from the brakes comes from, because mm. they there's a certain amount of travel in the brake pedal that is regen. And then at some point, the software decides, let's go into the friction brakes. Yeah, yeah no, you get right. A lot of them show you a nice graph in the in the gauge cluster to show right you've used up all the regen and now i'm going to friction brakes so i i tend to on the road stick them in in the kind of level one regen where it's fairly similar to engine braking and then just use the pedal Mm. yeah but you only ever get like whatever 40 50 percent efficiency don't you when you're regaining energy yeah so the it's you know it's one of those kind of sort of hypermiling things, isn't it? You, where you kind of think, well, driving an EV doesn't need to be defined by all that stuff. But if I'm driving an EV on the road, maybe I'll I'll get a bit of a weird perverse kick out of that. So I might quite like the idea of you know lifting off yeah, 500 yards before a tight corner and just mm. just you know using c- conserving the momentum a bit like some sort of pro taxi driver. Um, I, I quite like that. It, it has a bit of interest. It doesn't replace a manual gearbox or whatever, but it does add, add a little bit of interest. And there is that to be said. I mean, if you really love driving in all its forms, learning to do something new hmm. and exploit a different technology in a car is quite satisfying. Um, with these, it was certainly more on the road with the braking, the engine, hmm. you know, using the various regen modes. Uh, Exploiting that was quite satisfying. Learning how to make the most of it, like you say, you know, lifting off and using it before a tight corner. Yeah. I'm not going to go anywhere near the brakes. I'm just going to. Yeah. 
I think it's extraordinary the Porsche doesn't have any of that. No. They've never really done any of that with Regen. They've sort of didn't obviously see fit to explore it at all. But is that is that because they're trying to make it feel so much like their Another internal combustion engine cars? Mm. Maybe. Which is their thing, and, and maybe you just have to doff your hat to them and go, okay, that's that's what you're gonna you're gonna do. You are you're still a performance car manufacturer, mm-hmm. and so you're not necessarily going to be out the best efficiency games you can not get after the hypermilers. No, no, it would be a weird thing to do, and it would be a weird, it would be a weird attitude for them to take, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what have we learned? Well, we still like the Porsche Taken. That's what we've learned. Well, we do. Well, we have. Yeah, it finished first ahead of. So, just a reminder, it finished first ahead of the I BMW i4, which yeah. finished ahead of the Kia EV6, which finished ahead of the e-tron GT with the Cupra born in fifth, and then the rest. Don't yeah. I mean, I, I I I want to put a shout out to the EV6, despite the diesel spillage handling balance <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> It is a remarkable amount of performance yeah. for the cash. I mean, what oh, isn't it? it yeah. Half the price of the Taycan, maybe? Yeah. Not quite, but it's only it's it's not less than 60, isn't it, or something? Mm. It's, yeah. it's an extraordinary amount of and it's grunt for the money. Flipping quick. Yeah. Uh, and it looks, depending on your point, it, it attracts attention. Whether you like the looks or not is, is up for debate, but mm. it, you know, people will buy that based on the way it looks and nothing else, and that's, that's clearly Kia's goal, and you know, they've hit the jackpot yeah, it's that. a massively accessible accident waiting to happen <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that interesting are they more dangerous is the wrong word are they is their performance more accessible than a fast kit so if Kia had made a, a hatchback with that much power but it was ice powered like a Stinger GT or something yeah but it's got much more power than a Stinger GT hasn't right. it yeah it has hasn't it, it. yeah so I mean, presumably the EV6 will outsell the Stinger by no, got miles. To, yeah. Favorite, yeah. yeah. But would a uh, you would you get yourself into more trouble in an EV6 than a Stinger? I would think so. Yeah. And uh, it is a you do see it happen, don't you? The electric car pull away from a traffic light yeah. at a thirty, they're and they're going they? quite quickly. They are rapid. It happens, yeah. It's yeah. so easy to tap into, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. just like wallop, crikey! I'm doing a million miles an hour. Mm. Um, but there was there were some cars there that did feel like they were trying to rein that in a little bit. You had to work a little harder to hmm. access the performance. And I think they manufacturers must know we can't just keep selling these things on how quickly they'll go in a straight line. No. Because yeah, I mean that's a novelty that will eventually. Yeah. And, there and and there are strange experiments going on in that field. There were none in our tests, but I've. Uh, driven the G- Genesis GV60 mm. and that's got a very weird thing if you put it in normal mode and floor the throttle it takes like two seconds before it gives you full power it feels like it's got the mother of all turbo lag and it's I don't know whether I really like it it's but it's it's interesting what they're trying with that sort of thing mm. yeah that sort of digital mimicking analog is an interesting thing isn't it I, I, I don't know or do we just get used to the digital rather than trying to ape the analog well it's yeah. when you know it's when the the response and the talk of electromotors becomes a drivability problem in its own right you know it, it ought to it ought to be solving drivability problems yeah. not creating whole new ones mm. yeah um, but often that's happening isn't it you, know, you can a lot of these cars you just get in and think that's just too much 
Yeah, I've, I've had some cars where, some electric cars where I've found after driving them for a bit, I kind of felt queasy because mm-hmm. they've just got so much performance and so much response. It's, it's just too much. Yeah. yeah. So I have heard, I think I talked about this with you, Diz, at some point, possibly, that the, yes, we talked about it in a, in a bit of a set of BMWs. We will have a best of BMW M 50th anniversary video going up at some point. We had this conversation. I think this research that suggests if you get blistering acceleration accompanied by noise, because you have become accustomed to accepting that over the years, that's okay. And it's like an experiment where if you click your fingers in front of somebody's eyes, they will blink because you're clicking your fingers in front of their eyes. And then you take your hand away and you click your fingers somewhere else. They still blink because of that reaction. It's your mind has been trained to accept acceleration accompanied by noise. And then when you re- reduce the noise, but you still get the acceleration, your mind goes, well, I can't quite cope with this. And it just throw, that's why you may get the dizzying sensation that you wouldn't in a combusted car. Yeah. Um, Talking about noise, do we like simulated noise in electric oh, vehicles? Good question. Well, good should question. we talk about BMW's iconic noise? Iconic sounds? Yes, iconic sounds. I can't replicate them. No. Is that, what is it? It's a bit stuck. No, it's written it's by Hans Zimmer, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, cranky. So, it all sounds the same, like it's theme songs to every film he's ever written. Don't get me started. And, no, I don't know. What do we. I don't know what they should sound like. It's, it's tricky. They, they should have their own sound, really, shouldn't they? I, yeah. I quite like the Porsche sound. I Why don't can't know. an electric motor make a noise that we can all like? You know what I mean? An well, will an actual authentic noise? Will it for people who don't know what ice motors sound like? In the same way that if you listened to a one hundred year old internal combustion engine, you might think, "Well, that sounds a bit well, not hundred, hundred and twenty, maybe." You might think that sounds a bit rubbish, but we think of modern V eight. 10, 12, sounds fantastic. Will there be a group of people coming along going, yeah, these electromotives sound good when they get going? Yeah. What on earth does that old spudder you churning out all that? Why is it making so much noise? Why is it making so much noise? Make it stop. Burning all that rubbish. What on earth are you doing? Will there, you know, will there be a bunch of people who, you know, just accept it as is? And there's an argument that as MVH refinement isolation improves, hmm. When all you're doing is driving, you don't want noise, do you? And there is quite something quite nice about a lot of these cars on the road when it, you're just mm. going from there to there. Mm. That they are. You get this linear surge of acceleration, this no real fuss. It's quite relaxing. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense. Now, technically, electric motors make a lot of sense mm. for driving mm. every day. And maybe they don't need to make sound. Just... Do what you do best. If you can do yeah. it quietly, do it quietly. I think they need to make some sort of minimal sound to indicate, even when you're not just looking at the speedometer all the time, that you are accelerating and that you are going quite quickly. But the over-the-top ones like the BMW, iconic sounds, mm. I, I don't get along with that. I, I like the fairly neutral wine. Uh, yeah. As I say, I like the the one in the Taycan. I don't, I can't, it, it felt like a cross between an internal combustion engine and an electric motor. Mm. They, I thought they did it quite well. I think the first time I heard that, I thought, wow, they've actually bothered. Yeah. You know, because it, it varies with load as well as speed yeah. as well. You know, and it, it's quite a sophisticated thing. It's not just, you know, it doesn't feel like something that somebody cooked up in a, on a laptop, you know, mm. nowhere near a car. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, people say the BMW one sounds like a tube train, don't they? Or, or um, there's also things, weird things that sounds like, it doesn't really bother me, I don't mind it. But, what it doesn't give you is any sort of punctuation 
for the driving mm. experience. You know, you don't think, oh, I need to change gear now because I'm, you know, or yeah. there's none of that. So maybe there isn't a rational reason why yeah. they need to make a noise. But. Yeah. So we're starting to run out of time. Any pressing business any of you think we haven't covered before we wrap? What's the electric car we're most looking forward to? Oh, that's a good question. We're not prepared for this, are we? No. Damn. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to the, the new Mini because uh, that's going to be a completely different platform. That's going to be a completely different car from the current one, which is essentially a converted combustion mm. Mini, and which was... I think that Mini is, is a really interesting case study because it was one of the, mo- the first electric cars that was kind of considered fun, but, what is it, two years after its launch here, compared to all the others, it didn't do very well. Mm. So I'm, I'm really keen to see what they come up with, with for this completely new generation. Yeah. I think I'm quite looking forward to, because they're going to do it, aren't they? Looking forward to. It's, uh, I'm both nervous and <laughs> excited by the electric Patron 7. Because oh, yeah. doing that, aren't they? yeah, because that is a car, as you know, I'm a little bit obsessed with. Yeah, quite rightly, they're fantastic. Why shouldn't they be? And if they can make that car work yeah. as an electric car, I think we're on the right road. Mm. And it seems odd to say that about a small British manufacturer of very lightweight sports cars, but batteries, motors are traditionally lightweight, mm. and if they can, yeah. if they can imbue that car with the spirit of a seven. Yeah, there's something about the simplicity of that that will make them focus. Yeah. You know, because there's no extraneous stuff that they'll be able to use to cover for X, Y, or Z. They'll have to. They'll have to make the engine, the motor. Um, they'll have to make it, you know, interesting. And I've often thought, well, why don't we see electric motors or gearboxes? And you know, that's something that could make it more interesting in theory. Um, and. If you downsized a motor and put it with a gearbox, would that make you know? Mm. Where would, it just hasn't happened. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there's something about putting an electric motor in a car like that that will focus their their minds on on the problem. I think. Yeah. I mean, mine would be very similar. I'm I'm keen to find out if this Lotus Alpine um, electric, you know, the replacement for the A110, where, where that ends up. Yeah. Because again, let's focus on lightweight and you know all of the <laughs> Lotus Heartland dynamic. Focus and stuff. Yeah, and I'm intrigued by Porsche Cayman electric yes. replacement for the same reason because I would have a Taycan over um, a Panamera for most, you know, unless I had unless my use case dictated that I really needed to refuel quickly all the time. But as a as a daily, if you can charge at home, I think I have a Taycan over a Panamera. I think is that controversial? No, I don't think that no, is no, controversial at all. I would. Yeah. Well, on that note, then, um, as the tap starts again in the background and the Welsh hotel pipes whine for the hills uh, that brings us about to the end of time so join us for more podcasts here at Autocar from your favourite pod supplier we've got loads we've got loads of 50th M BMW M anniversary ones uh, me and Cropley are on every week doing my week in cars uh, there's more from Autocar autocar.co.uk all the time we're on YouTube our 800,000 subscriber uh, channel is updated very regularly um, this actually the, the thing we're doing this week the uh, this EV EV test will be a video very soon and then Britain's Best Driver's Car Proper will be a, and also a video very soon and of course there is Autocar on the traditional things, it's a weekly magazine which you can buy on digital subscription and is in print as per every week since 1895 so from me and the lads, thanks very much see you next time <laughs> Try.